0: Hey, you're listening to Cut For Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley, and each week I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut For Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon prep, and they will share some things with us that we did not hear in the sermon. The goal of the podcast is to ask things like, why did our church need to hear this message on Sunday? Or, why did you personally need to preach this message? Pastors will also share some practical next steps. We're glad you're here listening. Here's my conversation with Pastor Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Cut for Time.
1: Hey, Claire. Good to be with you and with everyone listening in.
0: Yeah. Welcome to everyone listening. Thank you guys for faithfully listening week to week. Um, here we are.
1: Have... Was that, that a joke about Faith Church, faithfully listening?
0: Mm, I guess any listener who goes to Faith Church faithfully listens to anything.
1: Yeah, I just say it was intentional because it was good.
0: Thank you. I am quite clever. (laughs) Not. Okay, Jeff, you preached on Sunday from James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Why don't you give us an overview of your sermon? I know you had to really pare it down because we also had communion and a few other things going on yesterday. So give us an overview and maybe some things you had to cut out.
1: Yeah. So James is, you can basically boil it down to kind of what he says a couple of times, faith without works is dead. And so obviously much broader than that, James is writing to people who apparently have claimed faith in Christ, but uh, because he calls them brothers. But I think he's concerned that maybe their lives aren't really reflecting what they claim they believe. And, And so he goes through this Argument essentially, kind of interrogating that faith statement, uh, saying, "Here's what real faith looks like. Real faith actually works. It does something in your life. It uh, it produces something. It acts. Uh, And and so he talks about faith without works is useless. It's dead. In this example of you know, if if a brother or sister in Christ uh, has uh, no clothes and no food, and you just say, oh, you know, God bless you. I hope that works out for you. James is saying, what What good is that? How How can you say you have faith in Christ? And it's, you're not actually helping people. You're not actually caring for brothers and sisters right in front of you. Uh, and, and then he goes into kind of a second element that says faith really shows itself. It's demonstrated in our lives. And, and he talks about having mental agreement with things that are true. God is one. Yes, that's true. But he says even the demons believe that. <laughs> and obviously it, it's of no use to them. So again, faith without works are, are dead. They're useless. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he goes to a couple of examples to say uh, faith actually responds. That's what faith looks like. It responds to what God's calling us to do, like Abraham did when he was willing to offer his son Isaac in sacrifice to God. And of course, God intervenes and stops him. Uh, And like Rahab, the spy back in the Old Testament book of Joshua, uh, Joshua sends spies into the city of Jericho and and Rahab, a a woman, a foreigner, a pagan, immoral person living in the city, recognizes that God really is the Lord and uh, that he's going to give this city to them. And so she helps the spies and protects them at risk to herself and sends them on her way. And and, yeah. and, and James is pulling all this together. Just do, do you get it? Do you get like it words don't really count for a lot. You, mm-hmm. you can't show someone your faith by your words. The, the way we see what faith looks like is by our lives and our lives demonstrate what we really believe. And so James' big argument is that if you really believe in Jesus, your life should be showing it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, boy, there was uh, a number of things I wanted to dig into a little more. We, we talked about, you know, Paul using James as the example of uh, being saved by faith alone and James using using Abraham as the example of being saved by faith alone and James using Abraham as the example of being saved by works because his works demonstrated the faith that he had. Um, yeah, I I didn't get to... Pull out as much as I kind of wanted to. You know, James uses this example of the the poor, homeless brother or sister in need, and James is not saying that's the the one example of faith that you know is demonstrated in our lives. Like James is not saying if you're not serving at the homeless shelter, you obviously don't have faith in Jesus. I think his he's just pulling out sort of an an obvious example. Like, sure, let me let me show you what this could look like okay? but Because there was a lot of poverty among Jesus' first followers. Uh, so, a poor brother comes in, and just like the week before when Joey, uh, you know, was taking us through the section where James is saying, like, if you tell that poor brother to, like, sit on the floor, or go sit in the back somewhere where we don't see you, you're showing favoritism. You're, mm-hmm. you're demonstrating that y- you don't really believe what God has said about the value of people made in his image. And now James is saying, if if this poor brother or sister comes and you don't help them, do you really have faith in Jesus? Do you really have the love that you say you have that Jesus has given you? So I think he's just pulling that out as sort of like a, an obvious example. But uh, one of the things to take away that, that I wanted to make sure we you know we really understood is that God has put us in all different kinds of circumstances. He's given us all different gifts. And the real question is, how is that getting worked out in my life? Because if I have faith in Jesus, James is saying it's it's going to show up somewhere.
0: Mhm. Okay. So we don't need to add, you know, working a homeless shelter to our to do list just yeah. because. But it's just the whole orientation of um, that's one example of many that looks like um, working for justice for God's kingdom in general, or just yes. faith producing some sort of fruit.
1: Right what what is how is God working through my life how 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 am I responding to what god's putting in front of me as opportunities to reflect mm-hmm. the faith that I say that I have in jesus
0: mm-hmm. so uh Jeff, you mentioned or you know in your overview, you said it produces something faith yeah. should produce something it's reminding me of our fruit of the spirit study that we did about a year ago we talked about um, the fruit that the spirit produces and now we're talking about something that like the work that's produced by faith Mm. what's the connection between Mm. the work and the fruit Is there a connection?
1: That's a a good question. And uh, people who were, you know, probably a question that would naturally come up from the message is I sort of mix those images or terms, right? Like Mm -hmm. I talked about this tree in our backyard and how do I know if it's still alive? Because the blossoms have died and the leaves have fallen off and is Mm -hmm. it going to produce any fruit? Uh, James was talking about work and I was also talking about fruit and sort of using them almost interchangeably. And I I think there's clearly a distinction there, but I don't think we draw a real hard line between them. If I can, you know, this might be another point where Paul and James really have a lot of overlap and agreement, and they're maybe using slightly different terminology. Uh, You know, when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it is the outworking, it's the result of God's Holy Spirit living in us, and we think of that passage uh, where Paul, in Galatians, were Paul classically lists love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, so, so those are going to be signs that God is at work in us. Now, James is talking about works or deeds, and, uh, and in fact, another thing I, I had to drop out, there's a, not, a neat little play on words that James has in uh, verse 22, where he talks about Abraham's faith was working in his works literally it was working in his works uh, we'll play on word there in in the greek mm-hmm. so James tends to use this language of works more but if you think about it there's no work without the the presence of god's spirit working and developing his fruit in our character and and there's no fruit that isn't revealed in our work mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? Like, if I really have love and gentleness and compassion, those aren't just internal things that sort of stay inside me. If it's really the spirit producing love and compassion and care for others, it's going to get worked out in my actual life.
0: Yeah, you don't keep compassion just for yourself. Yeah,
1: exactly. So Paul doesn't use that language of works, but you don't have to, you're not really stretching what Paul is saying in Galatians to to see how that's going to get worked out practically, right? Mm -hmm. Like self-control is aimed at other people, right? I'm not saying that thing that I want to say. I'm not, you know, taking vengeance. I'm not harboring bitterness towards that person. I'm exercising self-control. Uh, you know, James, we may think of James exhortation as maybe a little more action-oriented, but the the fruit of the spirit that Paul is talking about has action and an other-centeredness to it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, how can I say I love my brother, James would ask, if I see him, see him in need right in front of me and I don't do anything to actually help. Him. So there, there's definitely an overlap
0: there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for expounding on that in your sermon you also gave us a distinction between Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord can you point to a time in your life when you have had to submit and it's been difficult to submit to Jesus as Lord over your life and um, would you be willing to share that with us
1: um, in yeah, no, there are no examples because Jesus is never never. <laughs> no, never, never anything difficult, challenging, stretching. Yeah, that's that's kind of the definition of being a disciple, right? Is, mm-hmm. Uh Jesus is going to uh C. S. Lewis used the great analogy of uh, you know, coming to know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, and he sort of pictures it our life as a house. And we would agree with Jesus. Yeah, I could use a fresh coat of paint and uh, you know some sprucing up but then he comes in and he starts rearranging the furniture and and, and he starts really getting personal uh, about you know the the stuff that we really like the way we have it arranged and you're like well wait a minute I I didn't know you you signed up for a renovation project not not just uh, you know slapping a new coat of paint on that's what it means to know Jesus so yeah of course um, in in both ways uh, small and large daily weekly yearly I mean I Probably the biggest one, uh, maybe the most obvious one was uh, sensing this call to vocational ministry. Uh, I had been working in corporate world and you know kind of on the track of climbing the corporate ladder and you know, probably you know I don't know if I would have written it out necessarily, but uh, you know had at least some idea of a fifteen or twenty year plan for you know going up in recognition success. Um, finances, you know, ease of life, all of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, Jesus just sort of interrupted that and said, no, I, uh, I, have, I think I, I've got a different plan for you. And um, the probably it was, it, yeah, there was certainly uh, a joy and an excitement around that, but a lot of uncertainty and how does this actually work out? And how do I pay for seminary? And how do I talk to my wife about this? Because yeah. uh, she did not sign up to be downwardly mobile. Um, she she did not marry a guy who was on being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it, and it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a process of uh, us talking about it and praying through it. And then, you know, the next week saying, okay, well, we're good. I mean, it was wrestling with that for a few years, actually, and mm-hmm. continuing to seek wisdom and get guidance and input from other people and uh, get affirmation from other wise godly counselors and god working in both of our hearts to bring us to the point where yeah eventually we were both at a place of saying like okay yes definitely this is what god has called us to we're selling the house we're packing everything up we're you know moving halfway across the country and we're trusting that God's going to provide and on the other side of this seminary experience is going to be I don't know what some kind of you know God will provide we're we're just trusting that mm-hmm. if he's calling us to this he'll provide what we need and and he has and and he's been good through all of it
0: so is that the encouragement you'd give to somebody if they're listening and they feel like they're in that tension of wrestling with God mm-hmm. of him calling them to something that is so difficult and they have not yet yielded or something, you know, they're just still struggling. Yeah, is that the encouragement you'd give? What would you say to them?
1: Well, yeah.
0: Look, and by the way, I know it's also a daily thing and all the small things, yeah, right? Yeah, and so I'm yeah. just talking about those big moments, maybe, like for you, that career change.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, one, yes, to have confidence that if God really is calling you to it, he will provide, He will guide, um, but that may uh, look like a lot of different things. And what was really helpful for us uh, was having, again, some wise, godly people to walk through that with us, because especially if it's a major a major life change, a big decision, uh, I, I want to know that other people who are led by the Spirit are affirming this and, and agreeing like, yeah, we, we could see God doing this in your life. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we think that God has gifted and called you to that. Um, so, uh, you know, and then to say God will provide doesn't mean that God's going to provide in the way that I want or, you know, the lifestyle to which I've become accustomed or, uh, you know, the way I want things to go. It means God will provide. Uh, and he'll give us the grace and the strength that we need for the. I mean, gosh, it's, it's not just like you said, it's not just the big, you know, life changing things. I mean, for example, having a kid is life changing, but, um, obviously, but that's just the daily thing. Right. And to believe I, you know, I remember being a, you know, a dad for the first time and, and marriage and all of it and feeling like. I'm not sure I know at all what I'm doing. I mean, I don't know if you felt that way, like growing up, like boy, parents really seem to know what they're doing and yes. and then I became a parent, I'm like, what happened? Where's the manual for this? I don't what, how, who, when, how you know, and to trust, hey, if God has really called me to this, you know he's gonna provide and he's gonna direct, and I take the next step of faith, trusting that. He's good, and he knows, and if he's really called me to be married, then he's going to help give me the grace to do that well. If he's called me to be a parent, he's going to give me the grace to do that well. If he's you know, called me to this particular career or this work or this circumstance, you know, that's where we go back to what James has said at the very beginning. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who generously provides without finding fault. That's, you know, that's the encouragement that James gives us. Do you lack wisdom? Well, ask God. He If he's the one who's leading you, if he's the one who's in control, he wants to help you. He wants to give us grace for the things that he's called us to do. So ask. And part of the way he does that is through his word. It's through his people. It's through the community that, that God puts around us. Uh, it's by seeking out wise, godly counselors, um, it, it maybe through God speaking to us individually, but God will give the wisdom and the grace that we need for what he calls us to. Mm -hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If this conversation has blessed you in any way, we encourage you to consider sharing it with others. If you ever wish to submit questions to our pastors following their Sunday sermon, you can email your questions to podcast at faithliveitout.org, and we'll do our best to cover the question in the episode. We'll be back again next week. Thanks
1: for listening.